Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with our friends at Guinness. On today's show, we look back at another clean sweep in Europe for the Irish provinces. Producer Pat talks to Leinster and Ireland's Gary Ringrose. We welcome Andrew Porter into the studio and look ahead to Ireland's Six Nations squad, which will be named this week. We'll also announce our Guinness Made of More Player of the Weekend and answer your Twitter questions. How are you, Trimby? I'm great. Good. Great, Barry. Yeah. What a weekend for Irish rugby. It was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. Four provinces potentially the four heading, into provinces. The <laughs> heading into the quarterfinals, potentially for the first time ever. Proud as punch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've never felt um, so proud of the <laughs> Ravenspan arena. Yeah. Yeah, it was bouncing. What were the conditions like? Um, I couldn't tell. There was no flags. <laughs> Very few flags <laughs> being waved in uh, yeah in uh, in Ravenspan. So yeah, I couldn't tell what was the wind as bad as it. It looked? was. I couldn't work out what direction it was going. I think it was swirling a decent ah. bit. It was dry now, but it was a bit swirly and a bit unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, definitely good enough to, to play a bit of rugby and we saw plenty of rugby mm. being played so it was it's, it's strange I think people people have, have short memories I think just with, with Ulster and you could look at their current um, form which has been quite poor over the Interpros but the thing is it's when it's Europe it's just so different Ulster is just so different obviously they make a few changes bring a few guys back a few big names that makes a difference but genuinely it's not even just the names it's just a different occasion a different environment a different buzz do you think people were, were writing them off is that where you say that no no not writing them off i just think um just they got beat badly in the rds they got beat badly in um not badly just beaten anyway in, in galway back to back on it mm-hmm. this season and i think then just there's a little bit, little bit of criticism, and I think that that's fair enough. They were they have been a little bit poor over the last couple of weeks. But whenever you just when you think about this this competition and the way Ulster perform in this competition, certainly that back to back two weeks uh, rounds three and four against Scarlets kind of just shows whenever they get their big names back and they get back to a big um, a big stage, a big occasion, big French side in town, and then that brings the best out of this Ulster side. Mm. I think, and it proved to be the case. Yeah, I think they're like they're obviously. Th- it depends on who they have in the field. If they have their best fifteen in the pitch, then I think they'll they'll match anyone. Yeah. Um. There's no doubt about that. Uh, then missing missing Henderson and missing Cooney. Yeah, Cooney was a huge loss, but obviously Shanahan came on and played brilliantly. Did really well, didn't um, he? But yeah, big massive loss for for <coughs> losing Cooney before the game, but. Uh, yeah, I wasn't surprised with how with the with the win, but it was just more the manner in which they did it. I think which kind of t- took me back a bit. I thought it was so impressive. Um, just starting with Racing, uh, I thought they were so poor in the first twenty five minutes. Like uh, Finn Russell probably had his worst game I've ever seen. I thought not in the first one. He was poor throughout. T- towards the end, he missed uh, missed touch, and then he butchered the try. He had two blocked down in the first half. He had three kicks a goal he missed. Uh, yeah. Kicked one missed touch from play, one from a penalty. Um, Apart from that, he was, <laughs> he was grand. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought he was. He lacked interest. You no, know I, you know I really like about him though. Yeah. 
even when things aren't going his way, he's still happy to smile and just shrug it off. And yeah, he, very true. Sorry. No, to be fair, sorry for being negative. What no, an I, to be fair, he did. Like, obviously, then he kind of compounded mistakes, mm. which I I was going to argue though. He seems to just move on. If he makes a mistake, he moves on and just you know smiles about it because there's no issue. But then obviously, if he's compounding them, then there must be he must be carrying something mm. into the next play. I think if you're, uh, I don't know how to think how to think about that because it's refreshing to see someone just think kind of rationally about it. Listen, I can't do anything about that. I may as well, may as well laugh it off and get on and continue to be confident because he's a player that probably needs that. Um, just got a little bit of flair. He fits in at Racing the way they play. But anyway, I think if you're a team of his and if you saw him smiling, you'd be going, "What is this guy smiling at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop cocking up <laughs> and smiling." <laughs> <laughs> It'd be infuriating, wouldn't it? it? I don't know. It's that nervous smile. Yeah, yeah. Would, yeah. I've been around people like that. It's <laughs> yeah. a bit unnerving. Um, but look, I think they they still had some positive parts to the game. Um, Vakatawa was unbelievable. He first, was class. Yeah, first half especially. Um, creating tries. Nakawara put down a few balls in the first half, but just generally his ability to create space <laughs> and uh, throw the ball around the place is ridiculous. He's yeah. like a water polo player or something like that, just flinging a little ball around the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, I um, I was um, working at the game for BT, and we were doing a little bit of chat at halftime. I think I created a hybrid um, player, um, half <laughs> Vakatawa, half Nakarawa. What do you call him? Vakarawa? He's <laughs> classy. He would be brilliant. Be brilliant. That guy. <laughs> Yeah. But they are, without the two of them, They for me, they had nothing. You know, without, literally without the two of them, there was just mistakes all over the pitch. Uh, the set-piece weren't great. They Defensively, they went to sleep so many times, but not taking any of them from Ulster. They they got some unbelievable tries. Um, <coughs> I don't know, Baz. In the second half, whenever Ulster came out and scored, I think it was Jacob's try just at the start of the second half, mm-hmm. um, probably any other French side would fall away. And would just kind of start to go out the gate a little bit and think, right, today's not going to be our day. Racing dug deep, came back into the game, scored twice. But I think it was the two the, the two boys that did that. I just think you take that two of them out and there was... I know, yeah, look, it's, it's I just thought it's, it's unlike It's just unlike a French side mm. to... to <laughs> that is... Pretty <laughs> unprofessional. Unlike a French side. Uh, uh, <laughs> Who's that? Go on, answer. <laughs> uh, answer. It's on airplane mode now, so sorry about that. Okay. Yeah, I just think it's it's quite unlike a French side to to show that amount of character. Um, and then again, also kind of um, had to react again and go and win the game rather than just kind of hanging on. Mm. So they yeah, lost. I think they lost shape when when Billy Burns. Uh, stopped kicking and I'd, I'm surprised they didn't take him off sooner and, and bring Lowry on because they did look like they were struggling with exiting and, and yeah. getting some structure to the team. As good as, like, I was so impressed with Addison <coughs> again. There's some money into our swear jar for <laughs> Addison. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, kicking goals, uh, c- controlling, exiting out of their defence, still making ridiculous breaks. Yeah. He's involved in pretty much everything good they did. Uh, had he, that big kick for Stockdale across the field, which could have been a strong. We left, we left footer, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, so Just we laughed at the last minute left footer. Yeah. 
That's clear. That's class, awesome. And he was so deep. The last thing you're expecting is that he's going to be doing a crossfield kick there when they yeah. pull back that pass into yeah. the middle of the field. I thought uh, I could understand why Ulster were trying to hold on to the ball because anytime they kick long, I mean, we saw the, the try. Obviously, Teddy Thomas wasn't playing, but you saw the try mm -hmm. he scored against um, Toulon the week before. Mm -hmm. Kicked loose to them. You, uh, Finn Russell sitting in the backfield and he just brought Teddy Tom underneath them and they torture you if you kick loose to them which mm -hmm. also ended up kicking loose to them but I can see why they didn't intend yeah. it the kicking was a plan B they were trying to play and they nearly got to the edge a couple of times but Rastin were coming hard and then and then Ulster just went, oh no, we have, to, we have to kick here and then they weren't kicking on their terms yeah. because of that then Rastin got their tails up a bit but I can kind of see why they also were trying to hold on to the ball because otherwise you're just inviting them into the game to get their big players and their, their fast guys and their elusive back three into the game. So I can see why they did, but it just didn't quite work. And then it, it almost cost them in the end. Yeah, but I still, yeah, I, I admired the balls to do it. Um, and yeah. they obviously gotten, they were getting returns out of it in the first half. Um, Stockdale in particular, uh, two Berlin tries. Yeah. Again, managed just unstoppable. Yeah. I know, I know. It's, it's. I think uh, the f the first one from the cross kick, the or sorry, not the first try, the, the one that he didn't score, um, when he didn't get the bounce of the ball. When have you ever seen Jacob not get the bounce of the ball? I couldn't believe that. Yeah, and I just thought that that's the first time I've ever seen him in a try scoring position and not score a try. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I was going, what has happened? Jacob? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's crap. Yeah, <laughs> and then. And then, sure enough, like the the chip for the next one, and he just just points it up perfectly for him, and it's business as usual. Yeah, it was, uh, and like you can't go without mentioning Jordy Murphy, I think, and Coltsy yeah. and Best, uh, just doing damage all over the field as well. Yeah. Jordy Murphy, what a signing up there! He's, yeah, uh, like obviously the experience of winning the competition last year is huge as well for him. He knows what to do, but he's just gets through so much work. Um, massive signing for them. I also loved Michael Lowry coming on and tackling uh, <laughs> Nakarawa at the end. Yeah. That was, and he did it twice actually. There was another one. Oh really? As well, yeah. Um, not obviously as big the first time, but yeah, he's he's, he's another big big. F not fan of the show, but uh, the, the show's a, a fan of his. A favors of the show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you, but yeah, you, you guys didn't mind. I remember saying that before we came on air about that. You didn't think it was a big deal about the Addison not using up the whole 60 seconds at the end to, when I they had that penalty like or do you think they should have yeah. actually went for the, the bonus point try do you think they should have done that I didn't think the bonus they should have gone for the bonus point because I thought they were hanging on so much at the end there that I thought personally it was a good decision to go for goal um, I thought they would have ran the clock out but I can understand why they didn't it was having not having best on the pitch not having uh, Cooney or Billy Burns or somebody who would normally make that decision or be wide enough to yeah to not well I know R Rory's down. a big fan of going to the corner so had he been on maybe he might have called that but mm. I can see why they took three points mm. even though it was I think the penalty came from a mall in the previous line out so they had they had the beating of them up front at that stage maybe Rassen were starting to starting to tire a little bit a few of the big boys but yeah. What were you calling for? Were people in the stadium calling to go to the corner? Was, I was, I was, was unsure. Relieved? Uh, I was I was, I, 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 I was relieved. I just wanted to, to get the win and get out of there. Yeah. I suppose I just like I wasn't gonna. I wouldn't have been prepared to have risked it. I suppose. Yeah. I think I think it was the right decision, as you said. Not the right decision, but it's probably the one I. Yeah. It was such an unusual game that I think you could you could see why, why they just wanted to get off the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. They might not need that bonus point anyway. Yeah. 
Uh, but but as you say, I think if Addison um, had have just took an extra two seconds, three seconds before he struck the ball, yeah, then the game would have been over, and that would have been yeah handy enough. Yeah, well, still it was an unbelievable result. Um, not taking anything from them, they um, you know any time you beat one of Europe's <coughs> best teams in that at that late stage of the competition. Have to take your hats off to them. Uh, but moving on to Munster, also a huge win for Gloucester over uh, in Gloucester. They walloped them. Uh, what was it? 41-15. Um, looking at this game, I just immediately start thinking back to the Gloucester versus Munster and the miracle match and the history that's there. And uh, Trimby and I started talking about the good old days and we started like... Ulster's 1999 winning team and Leinster versus Toulouse have a lot of history there as well so we started getting nostalgic and we started thinking about how it would be interesting to look at those teams gone by and looking at where are they now almost like a reeling in the years thing and then we said we'd look at some of the current the popular music at the time popular films at the time and look back at them and then our brains started running and we said we'd <laughs> Uh, we, you know, I, I started looking into certain players like from the, the Monster Miracle match, uh, the likes of Jason Holland. Where is he now? He's coaching the Hurricanes in New Zealand. He was very, very important part of Monster beating the the, the Gloucester team that night. Mike Mullins, former Monster centre, he's now coaching North Otago. Uh, Henry Paul, do you remember him? Yes, he's a full back that played for Gloucester that day. Yeah. Played a bit um, of sevens as well. Bit of sevens, bit of rugby league. Uh -huh. um, he amazingly hasn't been since seen since that night because uh, he ran out the gate at Thorn Park then and he hasn't been seen since. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't been seen at Thorn Park? No, I'm joking. Uh, he is... Uh, Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> he was coaching Dubai, Dubai Dragons for a few years and now he is the backs coach of Canada in uh, Canada. <laughs> um, and then we started talking I wonder if he uh, overlapped with uh, Mark Anscombe was coaching Canada for a while was he I, I think he's just started now he's the backs coach I'm not okay. sure who the head coach is yeah. I'm not sure uh, but he's supposed to be a very good coach uh, we started talking about the like that was January 2003 some of the top uh, the top film that year was Lord of the Rings The Th Return of the King uh, also uh, Baz and Andrew uh favorite movie um that song all the things she said by tattoo do you remember that song yeah all the things she said yeah. by the cheeky girls <laughs> yeah so this is weird so i got onto trim and i said oh man look i think we can we can expand on this and get into maybe more of the music and pop side of things and he said yeah i've uh i've actually got a meeting on wednesday with uh henry rollins and uh I remembered Henry Rollins. He was what, was he just was he, he in was, a band? Yeah, his band was called Henry Roll Henry Rollins, Rollins band. band. Yeah, and uh, he was making a joke. Trimby was making a joke that he was meeting Henry Rollins for a, a a coffee, and then I said, "This band tattoo all the things she said." They, I thought they were the Cheeky Girls when I first <laughs> read it. I was like, "Trimby the Cheeky Girls." So I texted you, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm meeting the Cheeky Girls for a coffee in Fumbly uh, this afternoon." And then you said back to me, without me having ever mentioned all the things she said, you said, the Cheeky Girls, oh, they remind me of that song, all the things she said. I was like, wow. Did we just become best friends? 
It was so weird. Yeah. Yeah, so it both triggered us. So then we got started talking about pop music, and basically what we've come to is that we want to pick our starting 15 pop stars if they were rugby players. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah? Did yeah. someone suggest this So to this you? is why Henry Rollins was in my head. Yeah. Because I was chatting to a guy after... Um, a great suggestion, brilliant suggestion. Yeah. I was chatting to a guy after the Ulster game, and he said, um, enjoying the podcast... Uh, here's an idea. Why don't you come up with a, a pop star, fifteen? Mm. So he said Henry Rollins would be, would be playing number eight. He said James Hatfield, the Metallica singer, would be um, six, seven, seven, seven. Yeah, because he's, he's he's he looks like a seven. Yeah, he's not physical enough to play six. Yeah, um, and then that made me think he um, would be a little bit like, you know. Um, Tamani Harrison, who plays for Northampton. Yeah. The guy with like a bit of a punk kind of haircut yeah. and tattoos. Yeah. And I think he honestly there's he could be a bit of a Tamani Harrison. Yeah. He's got a bit of a temper, that guy. Yeah. Um so that's that's James Hatefield in rugby form. I love it. Again, maybe a sliding doors moment. <laughs> <laughs> James Hatefield. Could have played for Northampton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I went through my, my fifteen and it happened quite naturally where most of my forwards ended up being like heavy metal or oh. tough enough rappers and stuff like that. Oh, really? Because I had Elton John at tight head. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. He could lock one down. Actually, yeah. my front row were a bit like Pavarotti was up there for oh, me. Nice. Not quite. Meatloaf. Uh -huh. Meatloaf would lock down a scrum, wouldn't he? Yeah, I would have thought so, yeah. Kind of like Peter Claus, yes. You know, you can imagine smoking a fag afterwards and yeah. stuff like that. Who's in the row? I had uh, Snoop Dogg. Did you have Snoop Dogg? I wish I had said that first. Uh, Only because I I couldn't think, obviously you're, the criteria, as far as we're concerned for this, is just tall. Tall. Right? So and then I just, um, you obviously did the same thing, did you? No. I you just Googled tall pop stars? <laughs> no, I did Yeah, I did that. And then Snoop Dogg came up. I didn't know he was really? so tall. Yeah. He's um. 190 centimeters, 193, I think maybe. And, and I'd say Calvin Harris was another one in the mix. Is he tall? Yeah. Yeah. So, but before I looked that up, um, the only tall singer I could think of was <laughs> this is obscure as well. David Kitt, the Irish singer. Is he tall? Yeah. He's tall. Yeah. I mean, I actually never. That's pretty obscure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always think because we <sighs> reference quite a few obscure, um, think like 90, 90s kind of pop culture uh, music videos and stuff, music and uh, movies and stuff. I always think, oh, there's there's gonna be one or two people out there like, wow, I was a massive David, David Kidd fan. fan. There was, but there was a few people in my class that were huge David Kidd. Yeah, fans. but for for the one song, for the one or two guys who are David Kidd fans, yeah. how many other Baz and Andrew listeners are we ostracizing? Well, they look him up now, and they might they might like him. Maybe we'll put David, David Kidd back on the map. <laughs> <laughs> not that he's, he's not on the huge map. around 2003. I think that was kind of his era. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Because I, I, yeah, I just. Yeah, in around 2003, when I was a student, mm. listening to a bit of David Kidd. There you go. I had Marilyn Manson as another second row. Oh. Um, particularly when he used to be on stilts. Do you remember that? <laughs> my brother tells a brilliant story where he went to see Iron Maiden in the RDS uh, when he was about 16, and Iron Maiden would have obviously had hardcore biker fans, like really yeah. heavy metal guys. And <laughs> for some reason, Marilyn Manson was supporting Iron Maiden, and no one knew who he was. And at the start, like the smoke machines were going 90 and it was just big fog and smoke and they could just see this lantern coming out quite up high in the background. 
and then Marilyn Manson emerged out of the smoke on a pair of stilts with a chandelier in his hand, swinging a chandelier, wearing a mini skirt <laughs> and just screaming at the top of his lungs. And all the Maiden fans just turned on him and started throwing bottles, like raining bottles. They didn't down. like this behavior? No, they didn't. They thought it was... Sorry, was he supporting? Supporting Maiden? Iron Maiden, yeah. Um, um, Still, to me, it doesn't fit his his image, his his brand, like his goth kind of brand. Stilts is like clowns and circus and kids and fun. <laughs> oh, I don't think he has anything that you could actually pigeonhole him for, could you? <laughs> well, Miniskirt, not stilts, based on that chandelier, description. Yeah. 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 I mean, a chainsaw on the other hand or yeah. something. Oh, I don't know. He'd be good second row on stilts, though. You got yeah. I just running through a few more. I had Le- Lemmy from Motorhead uh, uh, as a six. Be good six, kind of like um, yeah, fine, yeah. Trevor Brennan, Quinny esque, little bit. Yeah, a bit of Marshall could see about him. Uh, Coolio had him down as a six as well, maybe uh-huh. like Serge Betson. Yeah, probably um, more of a line out option. Line-out. Yeah. More of a Peter Mahoney. You had Henry Rollins down as an eight. Yeah. <coughs> I had not uh, Flea from the Chili Peppers down as a scrum half. Okay, yeah. Yeah, be good little. Angry little fella darting around. Yeah. Yeah, like a Mashino kind of. I had also Philip Coll- Phil Collins down, which, you know, it'd be that little... Philip Collins. Philip. Thought <laughs> 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 I'd get away with that. <laughs> uh, kind of like annoying little nine, little mouthy nine. Yeah. Shut up, Philip, Philip Collins. Could you, I mean, with, with Tattoo or the Cheeky Girls, could they like, have a um, halfback partnership? I was going to put the Cheeky Girls on either wing. Cheeky Girl per wing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 11 and 14, do you think? Yeah. yeah, fine, yeah. 10, I had a 10, I have a few options. Uh, Timberlake, Justin Timberlake, huh? be a good like Cipriani-esque. Okay, yeah. One where you don't fully get behind him, you know, you're like, he's class, but you're like, you remember what he did back in the day when he was... Yeah, and sync. And sync. Yeah. Similar to Cipriani, he's classic, but he was, you know, he was a bit of a douchebag back in the day. Wasn't he? So, <laughs> yeah. so you kind of can't forgive him for that. Yeah. Um, also, like Bono would be such an annoying little ten that you're like, oh, retire, Bono. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> done with you. Go away. Uh, but I settled on John Mayer. He'd be a good, oh, right, good okay. ten because he's so skillful, quite in touch with his feminine side. Uh huh with his love songs, which a 10 often has to be, you know, pretty boy. Yeah. Okay. I don't but know. But then serious skills, serious skills. Anyone else? I thought Mariah Carey or Beyonce would be good 12. Uh-huh. Because they're kind of solid. Direct. Direct. Get you again line. But can move as well, you know? Yeah. Can I make a suggestion? Go on. <laughs> um, uh, that, that you might qualify to play 13. It was either me or Elvis. Oh, Elvis would be good to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Buzz. <laughs> Any, anybody else? I think you get the nod, but okay. I mean, Elvis. Damn it, I should have set my mouth shut. Because, uh, but then if you put Elvis in there, then they, 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 that team is completely rudderless. Yeah, there's not an ounce of rugby know-how in that team. Yeah, but good, good skills though. <laughs> good skills. Carlos Santana I thought be a good fifteen. Really good hands. Um, if you got good hands. Yeah, he's the most ridiculous guitarist of all time. Or if you're not, you know, if you're not into maybe flashy 15s, Enya, I thought would be quite solid. She's quite... I don't know Enya. Enya, Jesus. Anyway, let us know if anyone en- anyway. wants to... Any, anyway, let us know if anyone wants to chip in with uh, some <laughs> suggestions for our uh, <laughs> pop starting 15. And for next, and for next week, I'll um, do a bit of research and find out 
if there's any kind of interesting stories in the 99, the Ulster 99 side. Very good. Find yeah. out what they're doing now. I would like to find out what Simon Gagan's doing now as well. Well, let's go back there. Yeah. Let's go back to 1991. Yeah. yeah. Or we could do that the following week. We'll, not, okay. we'll keep our powder dry. Yeah, exactly. I'd say, Barry, we can... I'd say that's the Munster match covered, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Right, so um, here stepping in for, for Barry and Andrew, um, the kind of first one was we were talking a little bit before we started there about Christmas and what your plans were and stuff like that. You were saying no Indiana Jones or Die Hard, none of those traditional Christmas movies for you was just about catching up with family and friends. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be too much of a movie buff. Um, but yeah, with schoolmates and stuff, I wouldn't get a chance to see too much, mm -hmm. um, certainly through November because it's so busy and you're was out in Carton House for a couple of weeks that, and then was into had a couple of exams as well so hadn't seen them for a while um, so it was good to catch up with them and obviously spend time with family as well. Yeah, um, yeah what I was saying there was like the I think the 29th was my first day back I don't know you were probably back the day before or something like that getting ready for this Munster game but I did that four hour round trip I was like is it worth is it worth it you know so I just be at home <laughs> watching this on TV but a few minutes into the game I was yeah. I was riveted and I was delighted I was in Tomlin Park and so for you being in the middle of it all, what, what was that like as it was all kicking off every couple of minutes? Yeah, well the the atmosphere in Tomlin Park never disappoints. Um, so any time I've been down there it's it's usually like that and incredibly loud and feels like the ground's shaking when, when Munster come out anyway. Um, so it's cool to be a part of that and experience that. Um, and then yeah, it was a feisty enough start. Uh, I'd say both teams are probably think they could have gone about things differently and maybe not being as bad, but I think it just shows how, how badly both teams wanted to win. So it was definitely that edge there, and Christmas well and truly out of the system Yeah. Um, within the first couple of minutes, as you said. I um, we, Johnny and Leo were in the post-match press conference, and um, I think it was one of those things where was like himself and Joey were having their little clashes and stuff like that, but I like I didn't mind it. A lot of people didn't mind that you spoke to them in the weeks afterwards. It's good to see there's a little bit of like uh, feistiness about it as well, but... Um, you know, it's it's kind of good to see. I think from that perspective, like I know you guys would be good at to lose him, but to see how well Joey's been doing for for Munster over the last few weeks and few months must be, from an Irish perspective, good as well. Yeah, well, it'd be be good pals with him as well. So it's great to see him. I mean, it's a tough spot to be in mm. um, to move when he hit when he did. So it's it's I mean, it's not surprising because obviously the the type of player and the quality of player he is. But it is great. It's great to see him do well. Um, Obviously, it's not fun getting beaten by him, but yeah. now it is. It's it's great to see him do so well, and, and hopefully it'll continue for him. Was it weird to kind of see that thing? Because I know there's a few clashes, and Joey, he didn't get involved too much. Joey, when he got involved in, he ended up on his on his ass now. But, the, <laughs> you know, he's, he's on the fringes and talking about that, but then you sometimes see the Munster lads coming over protecting him. Is it weird to see that then? Like, he's in red on the other side of the pitch from you, and... Oh, you, you, don't really, you don't really overthink it too much when you're out there. You're kind of in a bit of a mode or zone, mm. so you're just... You just get on with it. You don't really. Um, it's not too personal. That's why afterwards you laugh about it and mm. shake hands, and then it's what's done is done. But you don't really overthink yeah, yeah. it too much like that when you're out there. The uh, you mentioned there about Karen House. I think there's a one-day camp a little bit before Christmas, maybe just yeah. to get everybody in. Um, you always get a couple of new faces. You, I think you're only two and a half years in the Ireland squad as well, but. Can you spot the guys who are up in the first couple of days? Like, you know, are they a bit wide-eyed about everything? And do you, do you get a chance uh, to have a word with them? And like the likes of Sam Arnold, I'm thinking of someone like that who's just yeah. recently up in camp. And not, not really. I think the the level or the expectation that at 
the or in, in Irish camp is kind of filtered down and it's similar in all the provinces as well so there you mean there wouldn't be maybe like that the odd time if like even think I can only go on myself I remember when I was first in I was breaking it and probably wide-eyed and fit that description but then you look at someone like Jordan Larmer and James Ryan and it was their first times in I don't know what they were like inside but it certainly didn't look like it they mm. they were feeling the pressure in by how they performed and how well they performed so um no, there wouldn't be too much of that really to be honest everyone's kind of turned on ready to go it's because it's especially when it's the short camps they're usually pretty intense because you only have you for, mm. for less than 24 hours so you're you're flat out from as soon as you arrive really the uh we, we spoke to andrew spoke to George, uh, jacob stockdale about uh that trip over to chicago and you must have been as well as a chance to get out there and experience it on the pitch as well but Jacob admitted he was was a little bit worried that why am I going to Chicago here? Like, because you he was thinking of the Argentina and New Zealand games. Did you get a sense of trepidation as well of like, you know, some of the lads are sticking around the Carton House? Um, Is this a good or a bad thing that I'm heading to America? So you don't you don't really think about. It. I was I was the last time I was in Chicago I was with for that New Zealand game and I didn't get on. So mm. um, you could kind of consider it like that. But then I was thinking well at least hopefully get to go and play now which which I knew it was picked to go so I was I think I might as well go and give it everything and try get another win I think it's even with the like talking with my family and friends and stuff with the competition there is now um certainly in around centre at Ireland uh I mean any opportunity you get you, mm. you really got to take try and take full advantage of it and throw everything at it so that's why I was looking at it just it was another opportunity and to give it socks and you just don't know how the the rest of the games are going to pan out because even even the Six Nations just gone um, for me personally was was injured for the first so I come back from my shoulders did my ankle against Australia or sorry Australia Ulster and then um, was back played against Southern Kings and didn't think I'd be involved in any of the Six Nations games and then there was Chris got injured Robbie got injured and then I found myself playing in that game so I kind of appreciate that things can change really quickly. So any opportunity you get, you just gotta embrace it and enjoy it, and don't really kind of consider too much stuff like selection-wise. It's out of your control. Yeah, but we'll, we'll wrap it up and saying good luck with the the Six Nations coming up ahead, and good luck in, with Leinster as well before Thank you, you can yeah. get there. A lot of big things and. Yeah. Um, Jack, who he was in with us there, brought in his homemade biltong. I don't know if you got to sample that, but he already kind of said that uh, it there's is, no it was, harm. It was he, lovely. Yeah, it was very good. He, he talked uh, about. Um, Grand Slam, not like he's like we're not afraid of saying it again. You know, like it, it it is a target to go for again. Would you yeah. be the same as him? Like yeah, you you're that's ultimately what you're aiming for. Um, any player is trying to win every game and be as best you can. So and and that inevitably means the Grand Slam. So, um, but it it kind of to pair it back, it all starts with that first game mm. because and and you're just trying to win, especially now with the any team really can go out and win it. So and each team would back themselves to do so. So. Uh, yeah, just focus on that first match, and then I mean, even France is a good lesson how the fine margins that it all it all uh, falls on. So if you get too caught up in anything outside of that, then probably work against you. Perfect. Cheers, Frank. Thanks, William. You're listening to Baz and Andrews House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Andrew Porter, welcome to Baz and Andrews House of Rugby. Uh, fresh off the pitch in the RDS with a 29-13 win over Toulouse. Uh, how are you feeling today? Uh, not too bad today. It's, it's obviously great to get the win uh, against a great team like Toulouse. But, uh, yeah, obviously another another big challenge this week. So have to take our learns from that game and move on. 
quite yeah. swiftly from that. You came on uh, 20 minutes to go, uh, straight into a phase of play which saw Toulouse keep the ball for about eight minutes <clears throat> inside your own 22. Uh, that was a pretty uh, in, intense period to come on to the game. You had 11 tackles in that 20 minutes, a couple of carries, one turnover, great little offload <laughs> as well at one point. You got stuck in, to say the least. Tried, yeah, tried my best to get stuck in as much as I could, but sure, got thrown in the deep end, defending our line for a good few minutes there. So it's a, obviously tough work, but it was, uh, yeah, it was great to kind of hold up and see our, see our defence work like that and obviously growing out, of, growing out of win like that, in, in especially in the ODS. Were you sucking diesel? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. It's yeah. A weird, because you're, you're coming on, so you're nervous, right? You're coming yeah. on the bitch, so you've got that nervous energy which makes you immediately more tired. And then you've got to make, you probably made five or six tackles in that and up against big fellas and then the intensity of the crowd and stuff. Like, I've been in that situation. And <coughs> yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm the most unfit person. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, I'm just trying not to mess up too much when I come on. It's just, oh, it's tough when, not, when you can't get your second wind as well when you're on for, for 20 minutes like it was yesterday. But sure, uh, yeah, like I said, I was trying not to mess up too much, like just trying to stick to the basics and, uh, yeah, just try to contribute to the team as best I could. Do you know? Do you, like, is it is it talked about before? Do you know sixty minutes, or is it just typically that becomes the pattern? So you expect it in sixty minutes, or did, would Leo sit down and say, "Right, yeah, it's, it's kind of changes every week." Sure, yeah. it could be like against Connacht uh, two or three weeks ago. I was on uh, a half time, forty minutes, and then um, like the next week, like it could be could be on fifty. It's like you never know really when, especially at uh, a prop as well. So like, you never likely to stay on for the for the whole game so you just got to be ready from whenever whenever you're called upon but it's kind of it's a uh, nerve-wracking as well so uh not knowing when you're going to come on so you just got to yeah you got to be ready all times really so yeah i thought i thought leinster did an unbelievably good job in the run-up to the game in, in typical leinster style before the wasp game earlier in the season uh sexto was in the press saying you know the last time this wasp team were in town they they beat us out the gate, and then obviously they hammered. You hammered Wasps, then see him again. I think everybody just forgets about that, and I think they fall for it again. I think people fell for it again. They thought, you know, this Toulouse side actually has a chance, and then you blew them off the park again. <coughs> again, that typical Leinster humility, it's infuriating, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> but, um, I mean, we, we fell for it, and then you just you just blew them off the park. Like, what's... I think they were talking a lot about players missing as well. Yeah, you know, I think a lot yeah. of people was obvious. Like you were missing a lot of yeah, yeah. Like we were obviously missing a good few, good few faces like Sex, though, Robbie Henshaw, like just to name two of them. But like, um, I think what we've been working on really is just our depth in the squad. So like, just a lot of younger lads getting a good bit of game time, getting that experience under their belt. So um, myself included, the past past year. Or so um, sure, Conor O'Brien made his uh, made his Champions Cup debut yesterday. So and. Yeah, it's just, I think that's what we're all kind of about building in the club, and it's just so important, especially for these big weeks. Like, mm. and what was the atmosphere like in the dressing room afterwards? Do you sing a song uh, at all? No, no, Is we didn't a... sing a song. Did, uh, would you ever? Would Lens? I never knew if Leinster sang. Ah, a uh, no, we just the kind of the new guys, first cappers, or Conor Bryan sang yesterday. What's he sing? Uh, the Gambler. Oh yeah, yeah standard yeah. go-to. Yeah, mm. yeah, Ulster mm. yeah, <laughs> song. No, sure. No, we don't. You don't have a song. No, <coughs> no, we don't have a song in the dressing room at all. <laughs> no. no, we do. We do, but I, I mean, I, I would be betraying confidence if I, if, if I mean, obviously between, between the three of us off air, I can, 
give you a rendition. Okay. But um, as, as you've heard it already. Let's not. Yeah, sure. Let's not not bluff the viewer <laughs> and the listener, mm. but um, probably not for public consumption. Yeah, yeah. So Leinster, the monster of a song. We have uh, stand up and fight. Ah, right. Uh, which, uh, stand they stand in a circle and everyone stands up and fight. they fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, for my first game, I uh, we played over in Glasgow and I was uh, they. We got into the huddle after we won the match and we were in the dressing room in a huddle and it was like, okay, song. And uh, Barry, you, you have to sing the song. And I was like, what? I never knew this was a thing. And uh, I was just about to sing American Pie by Don McLean because that was my song and I'd go into that. And I just turned to Peter Stringer. I was like, what do I sing? And he was like, oh, you just sing Stand Up and Fight. So just go, stand up. So I did that and everyone sang it. But I, it haunts me. Imagine I went a long, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine I'd have been lynched. So I'd say if Stringer hadn't known that you were vulnerable, oh, stop. <laughs> he, he would have sunk you. So me down the river. <laughs> Thank God he didn't. Uh, but producer Pat gave us a little heads up here that you were once a Leinster mascot for a game against Glasgow. And you ran onto the pitch with Leo Cullen as captain. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I found a picture of that a few a while ago. Yeah, oh, it's crazy. Like, How old were you then? Oh, I must have been eight or nine at the what time. What were you benching at the time? Yeah, probably <laughs> 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 more than both of us. Speak for yourself. Oh, that was crazy finding that. Like, it's just yeah. It's it's weird. He's my coach. Like, it's just yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Where like. Where the years go as well. <laughs> doesn't feel that long ago as well. Yeah. 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 Mental. But you were, am I right in saying, well, I looked up Wikipedia and Wikipedia claims that you, what are you, are you 20, 21 now? 20, nearly 23. Oh, well, right. You're <laughs> <ancient>. <laughs> Update the Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah. So it, I think it said uh, when you were 20, you were considered one of the strongest rugby players in the world because you were squatting 350. I took that with a pinch of salt. <laughs> How accurate is that? Oh, no, that's, that's not accurate. That's no, enormous. Geez. Like That's not no. The Wikipedia, you can't trust Wikipedia. No, you can't. No. I know, per I know you can't <coughs> trust Wikipedia because I've um, personally updated other players' Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I've, I've, I've actually that to me as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's uh, a great one to have in there, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we were talking about Dev Toner about a few weeks ago where there was rumours going around yeah. about Dev when he first started that he was like, 11 foot tall and uh, he was getting uh, paid by the government uh, just to stop him from suing them anytime he banged his head <laughs> off, off, a, off a building or something like that. And there was a similar rumour going on about you that you could squat a car and stuff like that, I think. Wouldn't that be the same, would it be the same kind of, same kind of category, wasn't it? Yeah. Vicious yeah. rumours. Yeah. 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 So, so what, what can you squat? Uh, about 325. So it's not. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's not a massive stretch. Yeah, yeah. I can see why w Wikipedia let it go. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, let's not be sticklers. Yeah. <laughs> it's close enough. Um, I once uh, updated Polly Wallace's uh, Wikipedia <clears throat> uh, when he was a youngster. He might have been, I don't know, early twenties anyway. And he made his debut for uh, Ireland Day against England Day at Welford Road, and he's playing fifteen. And um, I don't know who was playing 10 for England that day, but they must have put about 10 high balls on him and he dropped every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so we, all, we slagged him about this quite a bit. And anyway, um, uh, we decided then to update his Wikipedia and his Wikipedia said, um, uh, Paddy Wallace made his debut for Ireland Day 
in a performance that um, featured more drop balls than an alumni <laughs> choir boy reunion. <laughs> <laughs> By the next morning, it was down. That's very good. It, it, it never it's a good sound. Uh, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. I think they just they scan for any differences or edits. Okay. Yeah. Check so it. he never actually got to find out. We just told him. <laughs> so it was it's not the same. No, it's not the same. No. Could you edit mine? We could, yeah. yeah. It wouldn't last long because I think, uh, okay. well, unless it was close to the truth. Yeah, I still haven't got my blue tick on Twitter actually either. Yeah, that's because you're a terrorist. Uh, so looking forward to next weekend, uh, final group match. Uh, yeah, big game, yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, trying to take our learnings from this week and try to move <coughs> on as fast as we can really. So yeah. uh, especially was away from home. So uh, they'll be looking to put it up to us for, I think for what, they came doing it again. What we I know. Doing it I'm again. Just, yeah, yeah that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We were taught well by our media level. Yeah. So. <clears throat> this is probably an exclusively Irish audience, so I don't think there's that many WASP supporters or WASP players. Uh, probably for the best. Uh. I think you'd be all right. <laughs> you can tell us the truth. Yeah. No, we know the truth, and anyway. we don't have to say it. Don't get yourself in trouble. Yeah. Just to keep us happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wouldn't be worth it. <laughs> But a, a home quarterfinal, <coughs> I presume, be a huge bonus for you. Uh, getting getting anyone to the RDS these days is going to be a tough uh, tough task for any team. So, anyone you'd like to avoid? I know Saracens are kind of. You'd lick your lips over. Uh, can you sure you never know? Really, this is, it's kind of like the the double edged sword. Really, with like, uh, well, but Saracens are on right. form. Yeah, yeah. sure. Edinburgh doing very yeah. well as well in the in the Champions Cup. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you never really know who, like, so, yeah, it's really unpredictable kind of at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's going to be a big week, and then uh, hopefully into Irish camp, the team's going to be, our squad's <coughs> going to be announced uh, this week, so, uh, yeah, you're, you're looking, you know, obviously you keep a close eye on that. And, yeah, yeah um, hopefully, fingers crossed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the, the All Blacks game. It's, uh, you know, not many players come into this room that have beaten the All Blacks. Uh, this fella here claims to have done it on his own before. But, uh, once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> once. <laughs> but uh, especially that last 15, 20 minutes, uh, what was that like for you in that atmosphere in the Aviva? I've never heard the Aviva as loud and as, um, you know, bubbling like it was that, that night. How was it when, on the field? Yeah, sure. I think <coughs> after the game, ears are still ringing just how, how loud it was and I've never experienced anything like that before. It's just... It was immense atmosphere. It was just, it was just crazy. Like we couldn't even hear ourselves on the pitch. Like it was just, like the whole of the AV was just erupting with like any time, and like we were any time anything happened. Really, it's just like they were behind us every play almost. So it was just. I think we were almost doing hand, hand signals to each other to kind of to get the calls across. So because that's how loud it was. Couldn't hear even hear ourselves. So it was crazy. I still can't believe it. Really. So yeah, yeah. growing up watching them. Uh, watching the All Blacks, watching the Hacker, yeah. same as everyone else. The dream is to, the ultimate dream, I suppose, is always to, to beat them on, on yeah. the whole patch. Exactly, yeah. For sure, like, we had done it, myself and James Ryan and Jacob has already yeah. done it under 20s as well, <laughs> so it was just getting that next step up. It was just, and to be able to do it with those guys as well, it's just something else. Like Yeah, um, you, James Ryan and Jacob were all on the same 20s side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a decent. <laughs> that's, a, that's a decent outfit. Am I missing anyone? I hope not, because <laughs> I guess might get a bit of stick for that. For Ring Rose wasn't on that, was he? Yeah, uh, he was. I was twenties. <coughs> he was the year before. Year before. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. I know Jacob tore it up anyway. Yeah. Because I was looking over my shoulder at the time. <laughs> <laughs> How good is this oh. guy? Pretty good. <laughs> it looked like from that, that 20s World Cup, it yeah. looked like it was just give the ball to Jacob. But that's if if, if Porter and James Ryan <laughs> yeah, yeah. aren't in any space. <laughs> Get a game line with those lads and then give it to Jacob. Yeah, but, it's um, just, sure, you could see, like, it's it was no surprise, really, to see them now, like, where they are and kind of seeing what they were doing back then. It's like, sure, uh, seeing Jacob, I think, the try, the try yesterday he scored for Ulster was yeah. just, sure, it was similar to the one against New Zealand. Yeah. And I think I saw him do that as well in under-20s. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's amazing seeing just lads who you were playing with just kind of develop like Kicking that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. What a boy. Tell us about the... That kind of progression coming through Leinster Academy, playing under twenties, because being in, in any other academy, you're thinking, uh, you know, it's it, not everybody graduates and not everybody kicks on, <clears throat> but in the Leinster Academy, it's so not exclusive, but it's so such an unusual environment that it's so competitive that if you coming through the Leinster Academy, you must be in serious shape because any Leinster players they talk up a young fella coming through, they're not just talking about them like they're gonna maybe play for Leinster, they're going to star for Leinster, they're probably going to play for Ireland. You know, it's that, that's the environment it seems to be. Is that, is that the way it is? Yeah, like it was just when, when I was in Sub Academy, like even in the Sub Academy, then playing like Leinster 20s like that, it was just, my, that was my goal, like to get into the academy then after that. So it was just about making kind of short steps like that for myself more than anything. Sure, I didn't even know I'd be playing professional rugby until after my second year under 20s. Like, so yeah. I really didn't really kind of, see myself playing professional rugby before that so it was just everything kind of happened so fast after that under 20 my second year of under 20s so um i'm sure i think i only did a year or half a year in the academy then i got bumped up to a development after that what do you think gave you that that burst or that was it something physical i mean you'd obviously played the game from a, a young age you understood it, it yeah wasn't like yeah a late late comer to the game what do you think it was that i think it was just like because at, yeah, on my second year of under-20s, I was, I think, 130 kilos at the time, but not, yeah, I'm not, not that heavy now, but I think it was just, uh, yeah, I think it was just my condition and the, the, the work, the academy and the sub academy had done to build me, build me up that way for, to be ready for senior rugby like that, so, um, yeah, it was just the, the work Dave Fagan in the, in the sub academy he did for me it was just second to none really it was just it was kind of laying the foundation for me almost yeah, yeah and then kind of get me ready for for senior rugby and kind of uh get me the knowledge that i have now as well so would you have um would you have always been kind of stocky and going to the gym and being enthusiastic about that kind of like training in the gym because i know so Ken healy's like obviously kind of similar sort of approach i don't know he used to um, have a, a sandbag at the bottom of the stairs <laughs> and any time he was going up the stairs okay. he put the sandbag on his, on his back and brought yes. it up so he's obviously naturally very athletic and powerful did, like is that were you did you have a bunch of buddies in school that you went to the gym and you were competitive with or uh, yeah like obviously <coughs> the school I went to St Andrews wasn't a, wasn't a massive rugby school so it was just um, I think the main thing for me was gym the gym for me was just kind of like a uh, like a bit of time where I could be by myself almost and kind of because there wasn't that many lads that were big into the gym because uh, a lot of a lot of schools would have gym like as a supplement for the rugby and everything but uh, it wasn't that wasn't that the case in our school really so 
I just kind of found myself almost like skipping school sometimes. Yeah, just and yeah. I found myself in the gym for a couple of hours. Just that's how it was for me. It was just that's where I wanted to be. Uh, so. what, what age were you then when you started lifting? Uh, around properly, probably like 18, 17. Oh, right, okay. Seven, yeah, probably like six year kind of yeah. in school. Yeah, hmm. I'm, I, had a f- I had a few mates in school and we um got we started going to the gym when we were like 16 or something. And I'd say we were at the like going to the gym regularly for a couple of months, maybe after one summer, and we thought we were stacked. <laughs> <laughs> we went and like, we bought ourselves singlets and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, we didn't have a clue what we were doing, but we were like looking around the gym, going, "Oh man, we're so much stronger than everybody in this gym." Yeah, <laughs> I see them in there now, pathetic. and I'm like, I was like that as well, the exact same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it was pathetic. Uh, look, that's to be done. Kind of. <laughs> um, your dad then was a centre. Did he uh, Did he try and make you into a centre by any chance? My dad was a wing forward. He always tried to encourage <coughs> me to be a, a, a wing forward. I was wondering, did that, did that, like, you're a skillful player. I can see you can pass the ball, you can move. You, you, uh, you're a footballer as well as a big, strong prop as well. Yeah, I was going to develop a game around that kind of, but, uh, yeah, my dad was... Uh, I've been told he was a prop in the in the in the back line, really. So really? I think he was about seventeen or eighteen stone. <laughs> there was something. He was a twelve. So <laughs> yeah, tw- uh, thirteen. I was think. he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah. I've heard I've heard stories about him. Yeah. Yeah, the lads didn't want didn't like playing against him and just killing. Yeah, lads. yeah, exactly. But uh, similar style to you, would imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Tank. Yeah. <laughs> Been a tackle in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, would you in Leinster? Obviously, they they look at props and front rowers to be able to to pass the ball. Tyke Furlong looks like a <coughs> second out half sometimes that he plays. Do you put a lot of time into that yourself? Yeah, like that's kind of what I what I have to. That's why I kind of wanted to work on myself. Really, just kind of I had the kind of the physical kind of aspects to. It. I just needed to develop my the rest of my game, like my scrum and my pass, and just. So I could get everything, be a more rounded player, really. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I've kind of really been pushing myself on myself as well. So yeah, you made the transition then from loose head to tight head. Yeah, yeah. And how was that? Because that's nowhere near as straightforward for a lot of guys, and you seem to have just taken to it. Not that we have any idea, <laughs> any idea. <laughs> but we just know it doesn't always look as easy as you've made it look. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it was obviously it was frustrating at the beginning, like sure, because I thought I was actually going all right. At, a loose head and then sure they come up to you one day and said oh we want to have a look at your tight head we'll slot you in there for one or two scrums and training sure when was that was that before tag kind of kicked on Were no they... no that was um that was not last year kind of halfway through the year before that yeah yeah is that sure. a personnel reason so they look and they say well, okay we're light on, on this side of the scrum so we need to develop players more for that or was it something about you in particular that, that would have i think it? well as well in leinster like there was a huge queue of loose heads there. You had Jack yeah. McGrath, Keith Healy, Ed Byrne, Peter Dooley. So, yeah. uh, huge line. And then, sure, uh, that same year, Mike Ross was leaving. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was kind of strange because then, I was I was playing a few games here and there for for Leinster and then at loose head and then, I had to go back and play AIL mm. for for UCD. So, uh, to kind of. Uh, learn a bit of the tricks of the trade at tight head so and did, did anybody in AIL 
like maybe your first outing or a couple of like early outings, did anybody get the better of you? Oh yeah. And then like, they'll be like they'll be telling stories at the pub. Yeah. Like, I, her, I hammered him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On his first day out. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it was, it was oh I was t- pulling my hair out. like it was just it was that frustrating at the beginning, but sure. Um oh yeah, it was just and then I had I think I had one game against Ulster came on up in up in Kingspan. That was your first. That was your first professional. First professional game at really? at Tidehead. Who came were you on. up against? Uh, Kyle McCall, I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Came up against him, and then sure, had one game at that, and then got selected for the summer tour to go to Japan, at hmm. uh, USA and Japan. I got my first cap there, so uh, yeah, things like picked up very quickly after that. So sink or swim. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> it's yeah. risky, isn't it? Because you're thinking, I'm, I'm doing all right here, like. I can cope well, and I'm I'm happy with what I'm doing, and then it's a, it's a big risk to to move across the scrum because yeah. if so, someone's going to judge you, no one's going to think, no commentator or journalist is going to say, give him a break. He's just he's learning the ropes. Yeah. They're going to say if he's putting himself in there and yeah, you're thrown in the deep end yeah. a bit, but sure, like that's that was the thing. Like I kind of I I took it on board. And it was just like I wanted to do it. Like I just wanted to to see to see how far I could push myself in that way and kind of. Um, be kind of uh, flexible with that, so um, and if if needs be, I can I can now play bo- like loose head or tight head. If you've, I, done, if, you've done a bit of both recently, yeah, you? ah, yeah, it's like the odd, <laughs> odd, odd, odd now and again. So um, you yeah, dabble, I think it's you good. dabble, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. dabble, yeah, keep your hand, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's good to know both now. So the balance yeah. for the World Cup, isn't it? When you think about it, like just yeah. like you know, Joe, I can play a bit of loose head still or something like yeah. that, like. <laughs> Keep yeah. it in with them, like we got yeah. count my chickens before they're hatched now. So the, the kind of Tom Court thing, like kind of <laughs> covering covering both sides of the scrum, like yeah, yeah, especially in the World Cup when games come ticking fast, it is it is very important, and uh, yeah, I think you're in a strong position uh, with that on you know in your armor, I suppose. Um, and just on that, you I've heard you say in an interview before that you like to set your goals for for the year coming. Uh, that start a season thing, or would you start? Would you have done something in January now to set some some goals? Do you still do that? Yeah, I yeah, suppose? yeah. So I think it's good to have goals, to kind of, um, to keep pushing yourself and like really make yourself the the best you can be, really. So, um, yeah, I think the main one of the main like I have different goals, like I've for for Leinster and then obviously for for Ireland as well. So, um, for <coughs> Leinster it's just like it's, obviously it's to to get that fifth star on the jersey as well so like win back-to-back champions cups and obviously in the pro 14 as well so um yeah and there's, and then for for Ireland it's some more so just kind of be more consistent like uh, on the pitch so and then hopefully uh get my name in the in the bag for that for Japan this year so I'd, Im- I'd imagine your goal setting especially after last season you win the double with Leinster you win the Grand Slam with Ireland you go to Australia and win a, a test tour, a, a test series. I'd imagine your 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 goals. <laughs> Get on the house of rugby. Pretty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Complete now. Yeah. 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 Big box ticks. Yeah. Yeah. I'd imagine like that process is unbelievably straightforward. Just win another, oh, beat the All so. Blacks in <laughs> Grand Slam. Uh, get to the World Cup. <laughs> win a World Cup. I don't know. That's just some things just happen too quickly to almost make it like I've I've realized I've kind of I've 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 reached the goal that I've already set for myself and then it's kind of the next one's come around and I haven't really it's like I haven't really set another one 
before something else happens. So it's just everything's yeah. kind of everything just happens so fast, really. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you've been spoiled. I think you've spoiled yourself. <laughs> I think I've actually ruined the rest of your career. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm honest, very high. Yeah. 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 Well, look, it's we've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show. Well, thanks man. very much. Um, yeah. And we we wish you all the best achieving those goals uh, for the season, and hopefully we'll see you in the green jersey at the World Cup as well. So hopefully, yeah. Uh, thanks a million for coming. Thank on. you. Cheers. Thank you so nice one, Cheers. Lovely. Cheers. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Okay, welcome back to part three. We're going to go straight ahead and look at the uh, final group stages of the Champions Cup next weekend. Start with Munster welcoming Exeter to Thoman Park. Uh, Trimby, you've been doing some of the sums on what Munster needs to do to get maybe a home quarterfinal. Is that possible? Is that within their reach? It's possible, but I think it's probably unlikely. Um, so first of all, for them to top the pool, they have to just avoid a bonus point defeat to Exeter. Or even the only other way, Exeter could get ahead of them. Even if they don't get a bonus point, they have to beat them by 30 points or something to make up the points difference. So that's probably not going to happen. I think they're safe enough there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Munster have to win. And then one of either Saracens, Racing, Leinster or Edinburgh will have to lose. Actually, probably not even Saracens. Even if Saracens lose, they're still going to stay ahead of Munster. So it's really Edinburgh is the one. The other three are probably certs, aren't they? Okay. Racing will hammer Scarlets. Saracens will probably beat Glasgow. Leinster will beat... Um, Wasps. Wasps. So Edinburgh, I think, is the only one that they might get beat by Montpellier, but I still think Edinburgh will beat Montpellier. Yeah. So um, so Munster are probably looking at coming through um, fifth for an away quarter. Okay, so they still got to go out and put on, <coughs> you know, hopefully get a bonus point against Exeter at the weekend, which obviously won't be an easy feat. But um, looking at how they played last weekend, obviously Joey Carberry getting all the headlines, uh, 26 points and just growing in confidence every week. I think that's something like 17 kicks out of 17 in the last three games, three tries, tons of metres made. And he's just, he's now making decisions that I think are are controlling how monsters are playing the game you know he's making decisions on what they're playing off the top of the line out whether they're going for a mall yeah um his kicking game is is obviously huge he kicked one from the halfway line for earls try kick from the touch line it's just becoming that that ever elusive replacement for raj that we finally got yeah he looks just so comfortable doesn't he it's been a great move for him mm-hmm. brilliant move for him and then mentioned raj raj obviously gave him a, a shout out on twitter Mm-hmm. So Roger's obviously impressed, and if you're impressing Roger, you're doing something right. So, yeah, he's going unbelievably well at the minute. Yeah, I mean, you can't look at last weekend's game without looking towards Exeter, to be honest, because Gloucester, I thought, were very poor. Um, not taking anything away from Munster, they played what was in front of them, but like the the, the far, first twenty minutes was a farce, putting four or five balls down, not even. <laughs> Ma- managing yeah. another couple, so I think there was about six of them in the first twenty minutes that they didn't deal with. If you're if you're pl- if you're playing against Munster, what is the thing that Munster are going to do really well? They're going to base a lot of their game around Murray, so you 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 need to be flat out practicing as a back three. If you're playing them, you need to be flat out practicing your high ball reception all week. That's vital. Yeah, and they just dropped time yeah. time after time. So, ah, look, it was it was it was good. Obviously, tactical play from Munster and converted a few very impressive tries in the first half as well. Um, 
uh, Joey's first try <coughs> just got through the phases, had some big plays from CJ, John Klein, uh, Chris Farrell just sucks in three players every time he carries the ball and that's just creating space for, for Joey and then Scannell's try just before half time as well was huge, uh, just building phases, wearing teams down. Um, obviously Exeter are going to be a lot different, they have much stronger in defence, they get off the line, they're quite aggressive. So Munster, I think, like looking at what they did do at the weekend, what they'll have to improve on, I found their latches were a bit uh, non-existent really. They were one-off runners again, which Munster have fallen into the odd time over the last few years. So that's something that they, I think they, could, they really need to hone in on. Um, the discipline was a little bit poor. They conceded 12 penalties. Um, but I think their defence has been exceptional. They're... Uh, aggression on the ground in terms of uh, Tyg Byrne and Peter O'Mahony and, and the likes and they're competing at the line out is incredible set piece has been really good so yeah look at, there's a, it's obviously going to be a tough game but you know with hopefully they get Peter O'Mahony back on the pitch which I think is important for them um, uh, but having the likes of Connor Murray Joey Carberry Rory Scannell Chris Farrell I think having that 10, 12, 13, 9, 10, 12, 13 combination going at the moment is is just adding huge amounts to their to their armour. Um, but then you've done the maths on Ulster as well. What do they need to do to come out of uh, of their group? I think actually not. <laughs> not I think about it. Exeter um, might not need a bonus point. Pat, am I right here? Have I cocked this up? No, Exeter on 13. They're 13. No, they're yeah. four. four they, they wouldn't need a bonus point. But if they, get, if they get four, then they've got a better head-to-head -head with Munster. Oh. Does yeah goes goes to head to head first yeah, yeah. so uh, um, doesn't it goes to head to head yeah yeah because the they points. drew yeah they drew in Sandy Park yeah, yeah. so it's not certain mm. yet yeah so yeah um, <laughs> yeah so it's actually <laughs> a little bit in the balance <laughs> and uh, Exeter are one of the few English sides Saracens and Exeter are one of the sides that you would think like Thoman Park's obviously very very difficult place to go and get a win in Europe but I think Exeter and Saracens are probably the two sides who would have a chance of doing it I still mm -hmm. don't think they will but yeah it could be could be nervous enough yeah half five in Thoman Park on a Saturday they'd be baying for blood so it, yeah. certainly we won't make it easy for them I'll be there screaming at them <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah moving on to the to the Ulster uh, situation how do you have them fair note? Yeah, so Ulster is sitting on um, 18 points. Mm -hmm. Glasgow have overtaken them by bonus point in Cardiff um, on Sunday. Um, and Toulouse will definitely get a win um, at home to Bath. Bath. Um, so they'll probably overtake them as well, unless Ulster get a win. Um, and then they might hang in the mix there and they'll probably be then... If if they get a win or even if they get a losing bonus point, they might give them give themselves a chance of getting a, a quarter final away to it, they could be in London uh, away to Saracens or they could be in Paris away to Rasen. Mm -hmm. Um, I doubt I doubt they'll end up being away to Leinster because Leinster look like two sides above them are going to win, um, so they'll probably end up third. So Ulster will do well to qualify as sixth, and that would be Leinster. So I think they'll probably be. Um, Saracens or, or Rassing if they manage to get something out of um, Leicester at Welford Road okay. that's not easy either you know it's still a big ask to go over there but absolutely <coughs> very tough place to go but I think Leicester you know you'd, you'd hope that they might rest a few now that they're out of it completely so 
we'll see. And uh, Leinster there, you've named so many teams now, I'm just completely confused. Yeah. <laughs> I've got it written down in front of me, I'm still <laughs> confused. Uh, Leinster is very straightforward. Yeah, Leinster go out and beat the crap out of Wasps. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving on from that, we are going to have a quick chat about Ireland's squad announcement later in the week. Any surprises, you think? Um, uh, Keelan Blade. Maybe. Yeah, the nine situation is a bit worrying. It looks like Luke McGrath, unfortunately, came off with a looked like a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't heard the the results of a scan yet, but uh, Cooney might be just a little bit of a strain, back strain. He, he's is. fine, I think. He's fine. He'll be yeah. fine for next weekend. Okay, Marmion is obviously out till early March. <coughs> uh, so yeah, I think Blade will be. Next he's going well. And yeah. He probably deserves it, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, what about? Do you think Tom Farrell will get him get a chance? <sighs> Any other? Position he probably would, but yeah. with uh, with the amount of players that are there ahead of him at the moment, he might not. Um, it's a big squad, so you never know. Um, but I think with the injury injuries around back row and and full back and stuff like that, maybe maybe not. Um, but I would obviously we're a big fan of his, so I'd love to see him get in. Uh, it's going to be an interesting decision. I think I was thinking about. Uh, Andrew Conway uh-huh. at the moment, just the, the back three situation. Because Adam Lar- Burns going well as well. Adam Burns going well, just like the wingers Stockdale and Earlsey for me are are, are, are pretty solid there. Yeah. And then you've got the likes of Larimer, Conway, Adam Byrne, um, Kearney. Um, at the moment, I'd be putting one of Conway or Larimer in his 15, isn't it? Starting 15 at the moment. And it just looks like such a dangerous backline when you've, yeah. you've got those three back there so yeah um yeah interesting to see what he does there but not too many surprises i wouldn't imagine um we've also asked you to vote on guinness made of more player of the weekend and here were your nominees monsters john klein who i thought got through a ridiculous amount of work uh and joey carberry leinster center and very good friend of the show gary ringrose and ulster's jacob stockdale Thank you for all your votes and comments. Landslide winner is Joey Carberry. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> he gets to keep the teeth. How many how many sets of teeth has he got now? That's two sets of Paul O'Connell's teeth he has. Um, that's more money into the coin, into the coin jar for our trip to Japan. Yeah, fine. Someone yeah. suggested that we, anytime we mention Paul O'Connell's teeth, put some money in. That's another yeah, you suggested a code word, POC's T's. I did. <laughs> Sorry, damn it. I forgot to use that. Yeah, we've already mentioned Joey. Uh, I think a big mention also, we needed to, s- to say something about Gary Ringrose because he was unbelievable at the weekend. Uh, what a player. Yeah. I just think he's the greatest 13. He's so schlippy, isn't he? Yeah. Everybody else is getting smashed. Yeah. Tag Furlong's getting smashed. James Ryan, smashed. Yeah. But Ring's thing <laughs> just slips <laughs> <laughs> through. Yeah, his footwork is ridiculous just yeah. at the last second, but his work rate and defence and everything, he's just a leader at 23. Love it. Yeah. Fair play. Uh, we also had hashtag AskHOR. Uh, we put out a show for your Twitter questions using the hashtag AskHOR, and here are some of the best ones. Willie M, a.k.a. Flying Cabbage. <laughs> uh, random one, lads, but is it... It's been in my head a while. How easy is it to swap wings? I thought he was talking about chicken wings here when he asked this question. (laughs) (laughs) Where my mind is at. Are the rolls on each wing the same or are there things you have to do differently on each side? Uh, It's, I find it a little bit difficult. Depends how 
how familiar you've become with one side but for me I always like the right hand side because I like to when I'm chasing a kick I like to lead with my right leg I like to um having said that actually when I'm on the left side I like when I, when <coughs> I shoot in defense I like to hit with my right shoulder so mm. yeah there's a little bit of both it's it's there's not massive things but when you become used to it mm-hmm. it's more maybe feeling like you're used to it rather than actually being that different because you can find yourself in phase play out there anyway and it's not like you you'll have a disclaimer i'm not i'm not supposed to be here <laughs> yeah, yeah. Supposed to be on the other side <laughs> i used to prefer 11 because ryan Giggs wore 11 so i was like yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was the only reason <laughs> <laughs> uh one more we'll take from mark mcburney uh what did dimitri uh schwarzenegger think to himself <laughs> saturday am am i only in belfast a quick wash a condition is fine no, I have standards to maintain. I'll blow dry at the hotel. Or did he go full Jason Shanky? Who's Jason Shanky? Jason Shanky's a, a, a hairdresser's in Belfast. I right. thought it was a chain, actually. I thought you'd been familiar with that, but... No, not, not down these parts. Um, Sarzewski and Ferris you, um, had an issue at one stage because if you remember famously, um, I can't remember the name of the guy playing for Stad, gouged Ferris. And then there was like there was pictures of it from the touchline. Then Stad came back and said the pictures had been doctored. Uh, and then Ferris came on and said, "Listen, I felt his, <laughs> I felt his thumb in, in my skull." I'm thinking Ben a tube or a something. Tube, a tube and, wasn't and it? Dupuis, yeah, a yeah. tube was the main culture. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, a tube got a massive ban for it, and uh, Schwarzenegger, Dmitri Schwarzenegger, yeah. is a good mate of his. So then. After that, then they they all obviously thought that Ferris set him up, even though he hadn't. He was just yeah. saying what he what the, he felt. What he, he felt, yeah. And then um, I think after a game, um, after like later on, um, Sarzetsky remembered this and went like to shake um, Stevie's hand. Stevie Stevie went for it, and then <laughs> Sarzetsky did the old like combed his hair. Oh no. <laughs> Like he actually combed his actually, hair. Actually combed his hair, like the dummy <laughs> handshake, and then like sucked him into there. it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like the um, like the grease, the Danny Zuko. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh my God. I hope that answers your question, Mark Bernie. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. All we did was <laughs> take one um, name and then... Just went with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd, I'd say you're probably happy with it. Yeah, good story, man. Yeah. I like to prefer that. Yeah. Uh, thanks for those questions. Again, the more random, the better. Um, but thank you to everybody for your comments, uh, for listening and for watching us on YouTube. If you're enjoying the show, please do remember to subscribe and leave us a rating or a comment. A big thank you to everyone that was involved in making the show this week. This has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with Guinness. Party on, Baz. Party on, Trimby. You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.